All right. Welcome to Five Pin Universe's podcast number 14. We have the regulars, Dexter and Tim Wiseman, Adam Weber. I'm your host, Kerry Kreitz. And we have the legend, Harvey Poxa, joining <laughs> us this week. <laughs> if you don't know who he is, you obviously haven't been paying attention. He's played at national events. He's coached at national events. He's a pro hockey player. He's uh, just about done it all. So... My first question to you, Harvey, is what is the difference between playing at a national event like the Masters or coaching a Masters event at Nationals? Uh, well, I think the biggest difference is um, when you're playing at any, any major event or any, any big tournament, your concern is, number one, about yourself. Um, it's a very... As you guys all know, it's a very selfish sport. You have to be in your own space, in your own mind, your own physical well-being. And coaching is is really uh, I've learned over the over the past few years. It's it's more about learning how to deal with personalities and how to help those personalities feel good about themselves, which. To be honest with you, is it's kind of the epitome of team and team. Team sports is is uh, is a total different ballgame. I think uh, personally, I'd rather I'd rather be involved in team events than singles. So it's it's uh, it's kind of right up my alley, and it, it it gives me a lot more pleasure to to help other bowlers succeed than uh, watching them think about themselves succeeding. It's hard to explain, but that's that's in a nutshell what it is. Yeah. Um, I guess from my personal experience, competing with you at a national event and being coached by you at a national event, you're, you're always there as a teammate, that's for sure. And especially the coaching aspect. Uh, not once did I ever see you... Um, look disappointed in what was going on you're always positive you're always trying to boost everybody's morale to keep us going um because we know we're uh pretty pretty crappy at some points and uh and probably didn't give you the the time you deserved we're trying to hide away from you hide under <laughs> ball returns and uh stuff like that but i uh, greatly appreciate everything you've ever done for especially my game um i Nothing but high praise for you, that's for sure. Well, I appreciate that very much. <clears throat> I think, uh, I think, uh, as you guys all know, too, they, as bowlers, we're extremely hard on ourselves. Uh, personally, that was that was obviously a detriment to my game sometimes, as I was very hard on myself, and I know everybody is that plays the game. So I think it's important to have. I use the term a lot to have each other's back or have your back because we know what it's like being in your own, you know, in your own mind. So it's good to have somebody to support you. And, and it, it, it's amazing how much it can improve uh, your, both your mindset and your, your play itself. You are, uh, you could be one of the most supportive people I've ever had for not even just coaching, just, just like friendship even. You know, every single time that I play any event, you are always the first person to send a message to me on Facebook Messenger, even though I hate Facebook Messenger. <laughs> <laughs> you are always the first person. Um, you have seen me uh, probably at my best at Nationals, and you've seen me probably having my worst days at Nationals, too. And you have always been, like, absolutely supportive. 2013, my first day, I was atrocious. I could not stop punching. Um, but you were super supportive that entire time <laughs> when I was beating myself up. And then yeah, you had me last year when I played really well. Um, and you're a huge testament to that. But that's, I think that's, it's kind of hard to say, but but you're, all you guys are elite players and, and everybody's going to have a bad day or a bad game or a bad stretch. So, when you know that you're what you're capable when when I as a coach know what you're capable capable of, there's no sense getting down on you because it's it's I know that you're going to be there, 
and and I when I say you, I don't mean just you specifically, Dexter. I mean the players that are playing at, at Open Nationals or Masters National events. They're all great players, and it's really hard. People are people are scared sometimes, in my experiences, to tell people how good they are, because they they think that they're giving up an advantage or something like that. I don't, that's not the way I work. I, I work more, you know, I, I want to see you succeed. I don't really want to see you succeed if you're playing against me necessarily, but <laughs> I want to I see you, everybody succeed. It's not, uh, it's not a personal thing where I, I, I want you to lose. I hate, I don't like people thinking that that's the way you're going to get one up on somebody. Yeah. So it's, it's best, it's best to be, to try to build somebody up instead of knock them down all the time. And it's definitely better for the sport. I definitely see that being a, a big trend probably over the last 10 or 15 years, Harv, is uh, that, that support system throughout the bowling community uh, has definitely grown. Uh, I'm sure you've dealt with plenty of the, uh, uh, the old school Calgary, um, you know, where, where those, those guys were there to literally try to knock you down, not, see you succeed especially uh, you know at their behest right um, what do you see as the biggest challenge uh, at coaching a, a group of elite uh, at a national event well I think the same thing as you would in any sport with uh, with elite athletes is the egos I mean everybody wants to be and if if they didn't want to be this, I wouldn't want them on my teams, but they want to be the best. They want to be the one that stands out. They want to be, and that's just human nature. If you're an elite athlete, you want to be the best. But, and I think I've talked to probably each one of you guys about it at some point in time, that it's, it's very hard to be, to play on a team. It, it, it's so much easier to be an individual bowler. You have to put your your ego aside and play with your teammates and for your teammates, not try to be the best all the time because it doesn't happen. It just simply doesn't happen. I think the changes, like Adam, that you've uh, that you alluded to over the last ten or fifteen years, and you mentioned Calgary Bowlers. Uh, I've heard lots of stories over the years about Calgary Bowlers and about how they're they were they were uh, very individual players and not not good team players, et cetera, et cetera. But I do, I don't necessarily agree with that. I played with a few guys that were like Colin Keir, for example. Is I mean he was an awesome guy, and and because certain personalities are certain personalities, that it, it doesn't show the same way as other people do. You're right about in the last 10, 15 years, I think overall the sport has evolved to a, to a much more close-knit group as far as friendships and it's not as clicky. There's not, there's not individuals that only see individuals or talk to certain people. I think it's more, uh, it's more well-rounded and, and really a, a really good group of people. I think you're definitely right that uh, it's much harder to play on a team than it is as singles. Um, something that I've always considered was energy levels, um, and I think um, I think playing for singles, you can you can control that a little bit more. Um, you can either like you know calm yourself down and play at a at an easier pace, or you can amp yourself up a little. Um, but I think on a team, you have to be so aware of uh, of everything else going on. Um, and, and you can't you can't afford to send off a negative energy to go with it. Absolutely. Uh, so, I think you're absolutely right. I think playing on a team is much harder, but I think it's much more rewarding. Yeah. And I think we have way more pressure on us playing for teammates because you you know you let yourself down, you let yourself down, but you never want to be the guy to let down a team. Absolutely, so, you're absolutely right. And, and I think when you play on a team, a, a team you're playing for 
for each other, not not yourself. And I, and I mean, that's so easy to say, but what you just said, Dexter, is so true. Any little reaction um, that you have either on or off the lanes, even if you're standing there, your body language, everything. I made a mistake last year when I was coaching the, the ladies team. <clears throat> and uh, I didn't even realize I had done it, you know, and... and it's just natural sometimes given the competitive nature of people that, that you're going to react certain ways, but you, you really have to consciously tell yourself or make yourself not do, not react negative and, and get it in your mindset that anything you do is going to be in a positive manner to try and keep the positive uh, vibes going in the pit, which is so important. I mean, even if you're playing on a team and you're in the pit, some people don't think it's negative if they walk away for for 30 seconds or, or step back out of the pit and talk to somebody for a few seconds. Well, that's noticeable. It's very noticeable to your teammates. It's very noticeable to other teams. And other teams pick up on that, and it gives them an advantage. So I'm a firm believer that uh, that you stay with your team and you – and you you nothing have have nothing but positive reinforcement. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I've played with all you guys, and well, I've played in a, in a national event with all you guys. But I've coached all you guys. I've played with some of you guys, and you guys you guys all know what it's like to be around negativity and positivity, and it's it's a it's a very fine line in, in competition because people are different. Everybody's different. And I think the one thing about, especially with masters is the most of the time when you play on a master's team or coach a master's team, you know, all the guys pretty well. And so you know how to react and how they react and what's, what's, uh, what a negative reaction is uh, how do i how do i put this that, that that is meant to be negative there's guys that react but we all know that hey you know what that's that's just the competition that you, you just shake it off because you know they're going to be right back there in 2 seconds there's a there's a big difference between uh between somebody that's causing problems or somebody that's just being competitive. Yeah. I think, wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah, for sure. absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those are the moments I don't mind watching one of my teammates walk out of the pit for 30, 40 seconds. You know, go release whatever, you know, negativity they've got going on, and then come right back to the pit, and they're back to the positivity. And Well, the um, best thing to do, Adam, too, is, I mean, when you see that, pat on the back's good, right? Yeah. I mean, we got your back. I, I, I really, I've said this, I'm not going to say for how long because it's longer than you guys have been alive, but <laughs> it's been one of my sayings is I'm, I'll have your back. And I learned that at a young age with, uh, in sports, if you got to have each other's back on a team or, or you won't succeed. And I mean, in any sport, it doesn't, it's not just bowling. It's any, anything because if, if you're if you don't have each other's backs when you're playing a, a team game, you're not going to have success. So you, you've had the opportunity to to play in both the Masters as well as the Open, and also coach both the Masters and the Open. Mm -hmm. uh, which would you prefer for each of the aspects? Which is your favorite to, to play as, and to coach? Well, to coach, I think. At this stage of my life or, or overall, <laughs> because at this stage right now with coaching, I prefer to coach masters because it's, it gives me the, and I don't know how many more opportunities I'll get to coach bowlers from outside of Calgary. I don't get that opportunity. I, 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 I relish that possibility and, 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 uh, um, opportunity because there's elite bowlers all over Alberta and I don't get to see or coach them if I don't 
if it's not masters, right? And for the same reason, playing. For technically, it's more fun to coach the open because obviously there's a pull and there's a lot more strategy. And even if uh, people don't think there's strategy, that much strategy, it's not just pulling a bad bowler. You've got to be watching what's going on. It's not, uh, I've seen too many teams over the years on paper lose to other teams because of either A, poor coaching on one side or be really good coaching on the winning side. So there is a difference, and 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 uh, it, it, there's a lot more strategy, I think, than people realize in in the open. As far as playing, it's nice to play Masters because again, you get to bowl with other people. Uh, you, you you know, when you're bowling in the open, you're bowling in your zone, and you're generally bowling with three or four of the same guys every year. Not that that's a bad thing, but but it's nice sometimes to have a little variety. And plus, you're when you're playing Masters, you're generally speaking playing with the best players. You know, the the five best players. Harvey, I got a question for you. You made plenty of Masters teams and plenty of Open teams. Uh, how was it to play with your daughter on the mixed team after and, all uh, so many years? Yeah, was it everything you hoped for? Everything and more. Um, I can't tell you, it, it's the best thing that ever happened to me in bowling was to be able to play with Christine on a, on a team. Not only that was my first and only time I've ever played on a mixed team in the oh. open ever. And for it to happen the way it did and, 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 uh, I didn't play for a year or two before that. And I, decided, well, I, I, I've got to give it an opportunity. And if I make it, whatever team I make is fine, but I'd really like to play with Christine. And I mean, it, there was no wishy-washy garbage going on trying to mm-hmm. play. Uh, you know, it just happened that way. And, and, uh, and for the way Christine, you know, she was a, she was an average bowler, I would say at that time, prior to that, an average female bowler, not, by any stretch in the in the high end, and uh, she grew because of that tournament into an elite bowler. I think she um, she basically carried us at provincials, and um, I mean when you can play when you can play in in a tournament at the Open at provincials and play Eric Joe uh-huh. three or maybe four times and sweep them at leadoff, <laughs> you know that's that is you know it's not he's not an easy guy to bowl against and with high scores too. And, and same thing at nationals, you know, we both, like, yeah, I don't, not going to talk about all stars, but, <laughs> but she was an all-star. I mean, she was, she was the best. She carried our team really. And then, and nationals, the same thing. Unfortunately, we, uh, we lost in the finals, but, but she was, Again, awesome, yeah. And it meant it meant everything to me to, to be able to play with her because I don't think that's going to happen again. Oh. <laughs> that's awesome. So yeah. that kind of leads me into my next question for you. You, you yeah. always threaten about hanging up the shoes and putting away the bowling balls. <laughs> um, but we we have to bring it up. Uh, what? Who was your bowling mentor growing up, Harvey? Did you just walk into the bowling alley and decide to play or did you watch nope. somebody and that brought you in? Well, I mean, I bowled as a kid, right? I, I bowled YBC. My parents bowled and, uh, I was, I did very well as a, as YBC. I won nationals when I was 14. I went to nationals a couple times at a bronze and a gold. And then when I was 14, obviously I, that my bowling stopped almost immediately well immediately i went away to play hockey and i never threw a bowling ball again until i was 30. i walked into a bowling center when i was younger i grew up in lethbridge so roy cunningham was was my you know he was the guy other than a a couple of coaches that were fantastic that i had when i was young but roy cunningham um a lot of brian rossetti i bowled with brian growing up like till i left home 
And I walked into Chinook Center one one day to actually use the bathroom, and there was Chief and and all these guys that I knew, uh, Daryl Bailey, all these guys that that uh, that I used to see in Lethbridge. And Chief asked me if I wanted to come and spare one night, and I said I haven't thrown a bowling ball in 16 years. He said, ah, "You're an athlete," so I came in and just. I think I averaged about 170 or something the first time I came back. But, but then he uh, he said, "Why don't you come and play?" So I just started again. That's mm-hmm. that's how it started. And enjoyed it. Chief was so good. Oh, yeah. man, was he good? He was probably one of the best clutch players I've ever seen. I mean, I I put him up. I mean, different era. Different, uh, different type of guy. Very quiet, but as far as clutch players, I would put him up there with Bruce. Uh, like in going back, not in anybody that's bowling currently, but just I watched him throw a lot of really clutch shots uh, in a in an era, Adam, where I, where he was in Calgary, and those Calgary teams, as you said, were he had to do that. Sorry, cutthroat. Who is Chief? I, I... Roy Cunningham. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that that was... makes more sense now. Yeah, that's just his nickname. I, I know who Roy is. I didn't know his nickname. Yeah, it's just his <laughs> aboriginal background. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what would you? what is your toughest match that you've ever been in? Oh, toughest match? If, if you can pick one out. <clears throat> Brain's gonna explode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the only one that jumps out at me that really jumps out at me is a match against Lenny Anseth on CBC. That would uh, that would have to be the toughest match it, it, mentally because it was draining. Because I mean, I ended up winning the match, but I was I did not deserve to and and he was I was I never knew Lenny when I went and um, it was actually I'll bet you it was two years after I'd been back bowling. I, I don't even remember what year it is. I, I I'm sorry, but if you guys <laughs> ask me any dates or years, I won't remember. I was I just amazed you were in YBC. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it was around then. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I remember Counterpin. <laughs> <laughs> Never had to use it, but I remember. I remember watching my cards. But Lenny, Lenny, when I watched him, and I was, I had him first match at CBC and and um, I couldn't believe how smooth the ball he threw and with a lot of junk on it like a ton of junk on it and uh, we were warming up and, <laughs> and he was he was he was throwing bombs that were not on the side of the head pin they were dead on and they were just exploding so I was I'm going what have I got myself into here <laughs> But uh, luckily, he got he uh, he punched in a couple of bad spots, and and things went my way. But it, but it was a tough match. For sure, that that's pretty cool. Uh, I actually just watched a few videos here not too long ago on YouTube, uh, Lenny Anseth on TSNs and stuff like that, and it's pretty amazing to watch a player like that. Um, I know he's explained it a few times. Maybe we'll have to get him on the podcast so people can hear the whole story. But for him just to get up, grab a ball, take literally half a second to set, and move on. Like, he's so quick. He doesn't yeah. doesn't need that extra time. Well, and I think that's what kind of what I'm getting at sort of with in that vein is why it's such a tough match because yeah. he is so fast, and this is on TV. It's televised, and you find yourself almost trying to go at his pace so you're not getting the screen time, right? (laughs) (laughs) But uh, you know what? One of the most gracious guys in defeat and a tough loss that I I had had so much respect for him because, and you talk about learning different things. I learned a lot from him that day because he he was very 
gracious and and uh, he's just, he's just the way he was. He was really really good. Mm-hmm. So uh, speaking about retirement, uh, so what what bowling <laughs> shoes are you hanging up, and uh, what bowling balls do you throw? <laughs> What bowling balls do I throw? Yeah. Do they even have a name? They're so old, or are they just... <laughs> Stolen Brunswick balls. No, 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 not even. You know what I use? I use... Rock. No, they're, they're bowling balls that were won at the Saskatchewan Bowling School by Christine. About oh, really? Years ago. That's that what is I use. awesome. Yeah. I have I have two sets of bowling balls. I have those, and I have an old set of I don't even, I, I'm not really into the <laughs> analyzing the bowling ball. I know they're four and seven eighths, and I know they're old Bobby Miller's old bowling balls. Adam, you do remember Bobby remember, Miller? Which one, From Bobby Cal- Miller? One or two? The bald Bobby Miller. <laughs> yeah, oh, Bobby Miller. Uh, but, weren't, weren't, weren't they like paramounts or something? Yeah, what, they're paramounts. What colors are they? Yeah. The colors? Yeah. Just, purple? Like dark, purple? Yeah, maroon color. Maroon. Yeah. Are they like maroon and white, or are they just? No, no they're just a maroon with a. They're really quite ugly. <laughs> 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 they're just maroon, and they kind of got a tinge of like dark stripes in them or something. They're not. They're not pretty. Yeah. They were they were probably the first set of bowling go- personal bowling balls that came out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Carrie, when you talk about retirement, <laughs> I yeah. I bowl. I I am retired. I am not bowling anymore. I've uh, I'll bowl a couple of masters tournaments and join because I. Uh, Number one, I love to come to Masters because I I like to see everybody from everywhere. Um, if I happen to get lucky and throw huge, well, great. But I can't I can't bowl the Open because, I, and this is not a this is not a rag this is not rag time. But I don't agree with the format that they the way they. Do it here in Calgary, bowling at ten games at four thirty, and then getting up and bowling the next ten at ten in the morning the next day. I'm going to be sixty years old soon. I, I can't, I can't do that. It's just too hard on my body, and and my brain. I mean, it takes me two or three hours to wind down after the Saturday shift. So, <laughs> so that means I'm supposed to go operate on like five hours of sleep. That isn't happening. Yeah. Oh, for sure. O- only sixty? <laughs> you know what? Adam, and you can edit this. I can kick your ass. <laughs> I have a question for Harvey. Uh, many people know you're a professional hockey player, and you made it to the NHL. Uh, is there any comparables to professional hockey and? maybe the mental aspect of five pin bowling or is there anything crossover or what's different compared to the two like what did you learn maybe from nhl hockey that helped you with five pin bowling or what you maybe from five pin bowling you you might have wish you knew or worked had that attribute and moved into hockey that's a pretty good question tim coming from you (laughs) (laughs) it just takes a lot for him to get it out i thought I thought he answered it for you. <laughs> no, to be honest with you, <laughs> to be honest with you, Tim, I think uh, I think the only real comparison I can I can give is mental toughness. I think you have to be mentally strong to play any sport at a high level, and I I don't you know I play a lot of golf. And I have, I don't know if I can relate any pro hockey to bowling, but I could sure relate golf to it. Um, Hockey is a team sport. Bowling is very much an individual sport. But when you put the two together, you form a team, there are a lot of similarities. 
because again, going back to what we talked about earlier, it's not, you, you don't have to be the best team all the time, but you have to care about your teammates. And I think that's extremely important is, is you have to care about what, what they do and help them be their best. I played, when I did play pro hockey, the, I, the one year I was fortunate enough to win the Calder Cup, which is the American Hockey League Championship. And to this day, we're still the only team in the regular season to have a, a sub 500 regular season and win the Calder Cup. And it was simply because of the guys on the team that we, we just, it's hard to explain, but there's, and you hear people talking about the it factor and the, you know, the, the, the stuff in the dressing room that, that you can't, put a finger on but it's true it, it, there's just something that you you want to go to battle with guys and I think it, as a coach that's the ultimate goal is to try to get everybody working together and and not not having a one cog in the wheel you know cause cause issues if you can get everybody rolling together and I think you guys saw that with your team and at nationals I think a couple of years ago Again, excuse me if I'm wrong with dates, but out east, I think it was Hamilton. Am I right? Sudbury. Sudbury, help me out here. Thanks. Uh, come, come late in the tournament, it was just automatic. Uh -huh. It was just automatic, and there was and there was there was nothing stopping you. So, and that's something that you guys probably didn't realize was happening at the time because it just happens right when when things go when things are going really well and you and the same thing i don't know if all of you guys throw a perfect game no well Tim, I'm, no <laughs> I, i'm assuming Dex, huh? that, that that's the same way when when you guys threw your perfect games is you you forgot you never realized what happened until it was over or if you're throwing 430 or whatever, 390, you don't realize it when it's when you're in the moment because it's just repetition, muscle memory. It's just going. Everything's going. And it's all natural. You know, the biggest problems we all have when we bowl is in our heads. When we start when we start thinking too much, it's not good. You you, you lose you lose all your focus, everything because you're using you're wasting energy on thinking. Like, you guys agree? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Which is so. which is why Tim doesn't make any adjustments. <laughs> he wastes no energy on thinking. <laughs> oh, wow. But uh, getting back, hold on. Getting back to that, Kerry, you'd asked about about uh, or Tim, you'd asked about hockey and and yeah. bowling. Getting back to that about golf and bowling. There are so many similarities between golf and. It's absolutely ridiculous because it's an individual sport. You're you you're do, making one movement at a time. It's muscle memory, and ninety percent of your bad shots that you throw or hit are because of thoughts that creep into your brain just before you do it. Yeah. Bowling, especially if you get a negative thought when you're standing on the approach almost guaranteed it's not going to be a good shot right you you can you can sometimes will it the other way but but more often than not it's not going to be a very good ball and it's the same in golf if you're standing over your shot and you've got a bad swing thought it's not going to happen yeah. and, if you, and if you get down on yourself you play worse that's just the way it is tom stevenson or always said to us as a kid he his uh his motto to us was, if you're negative, you will always be right. And that really kind of stuck with me. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it makes you think a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess the big difference between bowling and hockey as opposed to bowling and golf is that, you're right, muscle memory. But, like, hockey is a, such a reactionary sport, right? And, and bowling just isn't. Well, there's – you have ways in hockey to – Get out your aggression. Yeah, you can, you can you can you can do things to 
to, like you say, react to good situations or bad situations. But in bowling, it's, I mean, I've, I learned over it took me a long time, but you can't, you can't do stuff to things when, <laughs> when you uh, when you're upset, right? You, you just, I mean, it took me a long time. I can't remember the last time I've hit anything or or whatever. But it it's such a it's such a humbling game that you can't you can't perfect. And I don't when some, when you throw a perfect game, I don't call that perfecting a, a sport. It, it's you threw 12 great shots or 12 shots that you got strikes on. That's a perfect game. Yeah, that's that's one game. But you're you can go out and throw a buck 70 the next uh -huh. one too, right? I mean, it happens. Yeah. It's uh, it's probably the most uh, again comparing it to golf. It's the most humbling sport that I think I've ever played. And when you, if you've excelled at sports more than one sport or a multitude of sports and you can't you can't get to a level where you think you should be or think you can be uh, that's the most frustrating thing in the world for anybody that plays sports no i agree with you and i i think that's a good uh a good transition so if for people listening Alberta across the board had its open qualifying throughout. Um, just to throw a few names out there, uh, Tim Wiseman won the Edmonton Open. Adam finished second in the Edmonton Open, and Dexter qualified third in the Edmonton Open. So they'll all be uh, singles reps for the Edmonton Zone on Easter week. So that's uh, pretty cool to see. All right, so we're going to go through the uh, open results from around the province here. Um Big shout out to uh, the winners, obviously. Um, we'll start. Let's start with the Calgary ladies. So, um, winning the Calgary zone for the ladies was uh, Jennifer Layden, uh, with uh, Dina Ritchie and Melinda Bruno making singles. And to round out that team is Anne Marie Peterson, Tracy Holdsworth, and Judy Stratton. Um, for the men. We are looking at uh, Michael Cousier winning, uh, winning the zone trials for Calgary uh, with Brad Welton and Mark Miller also making singles. Um, Ian Howe, Kevin Holdsworth, and Brian Hurst are the remainders of the men's team. Um, on the mixed team, we've got Derek Holm, Parker Anderson, and Colin Christensen. Uh, that's a really good trio. Um, along with uh, Beverly Magnus, Annette Bruno, and Damara Halverson. Uh, so congratulations to all of them. Super strong mixed team, eh? Wow. Absolutely. It blows my mind that Parker makes mixed so often, and man, is man, can that guy shoot? Uh, he, it's it's scary having him on the uh, on the mixed for sure, um, and on the mins, but. So uh, for the central main, congratulations to Gino Zebarth winning uh the oldest competitor and and the zone trial so congratulations gino uh the rest of the singles are victor fobert um in his home center at uh riverside there and gary baird um the rest of the team is justin langrock david philpot and brandon coburn so congratulations guys um as for the ladies uh winning was shauna piri lesnies um, along with Aurora Crockford and Stacy Miller being the singles. Uh, the rest of the team is Andrea Levitt, uh, Bonnie Claremont, and Holly Warner. So congratulations, ladies. Uh, the mixed team ladies are Nancy Gervais, Rhonda Barber, and Robin Smith. And the men on the team are Eric Chose, Robert Clark, and Craig Halford. Uh, another really solid mixed team. So congratulations, guys. <clears throat> um, if we should we go to Edmonton next? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we'll go to Edmonton. So uh, as we've discussed, um, the men's team. Congratulations to Tim Wiseman who won his third Open Trials here. Um, and then we have Adam Weber coming in second, and myself in third for the singles. Uh, the rest of our team is Bradley Titcat, 
Michael Marciano, a young kid just out of YBC, and uh, Curtis Dunis, the uh, one of the tour finals last year. So congratulations to them. On the ladies' team, we had Heidi Mapstone win um, with Jennifer Baker <clears throat> and Michelle Nunweiler, the rest of the singles. Uh, we have Katie Rayner, Annette Campbell, and Rose Gigliak being the rest of the ladies on the ladies' team there. Um, the mixed team is Brittany LaCosta, uh, Julie Arabko, and Christine Wren, along with her husband, Brett Wren, Brett Mapstone, and boy wonder Adam Kemp, biggest Batman fan you'll ever meet. Uh, so for the Northern Zone... Uh, another young guy winning the, tri uh, the trials. Uh, congratulations to Robert Tompkins. Uh, I believe he was a rookie last year, right? Uh, so, no, two years ago. Grand Prix. Two, two years. years ago? Two years ago. Anyways, congratulations, Robert. Um, James McCara and Steve Petrasivic. Uh, are there other, other singles? Rounding out the men's team, Dennis Littlechilds, Scott Ollenberg, and Dustin Thompson. For the ladies... Uh, we have Bonnie McDonald winning her Open Trials once again, uh, along with Corey Pigau and Megan Clark uh, as the rest of the singles. Um, Jessica DeBurrow, uh, Vicky McCara, and Sherry Womax uh, are the rest of the ladies on the team there. The uh, mixed team is Bev Littlechilds, Ellie Van Dick, and Darcy Schultz, along with... Uh, Tim Smith, Barry Honey, um, and Timmy Sharp for the rest of the men's team. Um, hard I'm to shocked, believe. Shocked about Barry. Wow. Yeah, hard hard to believe he's on the mixed team. Uh, it just makes two, that mixed team. Two days. Yeah. Two yeah. Two, two days at, uh, at Bonnie Doon with his, his type of shot, his uh, right up the gut with that type of speed. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked he couldn't find it. But again, just another super solid mixed team. Like, cra crazy, all, all four zones so far. Yeah, absolutely. So then for the South, uh, Diane Violini once again wins her open trials uh, with her uh, with Tracy Shipka and uh, Bobby Sisko as the rest of the singles. That's really solid. Um, and then the rest of the team is Larissa Long, Tara Seitz and Deborah Hammond. So congratulations, lady. That's a, that's actually a really solid team. Um, for the men, we have Jason Ives winning, and then Derek Lewicki and Michael Chrisman being the rest of the singles. Um, and then Logan Burrell, Mike Hershey, and Alexander Young are the rest on the on the men's team. So that's a really solid men's team too. Uh, the boys or the men on the uh, mixed team are Rob Price, David Sisko, and Sean McKinnon sneaking in in the ninth spot there. And then on the ladies, we have Kara Deering, uh, Michelle Manton, and Kinsey Emmard uh, being the rest of the mixed team. So congratulations to everybody. That's awesome. Another really good mixed team. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a good competition. There was fair, uh, some other open qualifying going on around... Uh around Canada and uh, just some high scores we want to point out um, Dakota Heff out of BC shot a 415 and a 418 two games apart I do believe they were yeah. and Megan on the other side on the other coast Megan Gallicano Galliano I Gallicano. never Gallicano I never yeah, exactly how it's spelled <laughs> yeah. never say her name properly um, shot a 448 oh yeah and Ooh. Mike Bursick yeah. Playing in Saskatchewan, 450, perfect game, and a 430 two games later. And started today in his Wednesday league with a nine-bagger. Oh. <laughs> Guys Feeling on fire it. right at the moment. Fire. <laughs> I do believe the perfect game was at Nortown as well. Yeah. So uh, pretty amazing bowling cross board. I do believe Adam had a 415, but that's an O-hum, so we'll just move on from that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Finally got recognized. <laughs> it was, hey, it was at the Bronx. Come on, give him a break. Exactly. It's like a perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah. Were there um, any other big, big scores this week? Well, if we're doing shout-outs, this wasn't in the open, but I thought it was kind of neat. Uh, it came from the Lloyd Lanes 
uh, recently opened up. Um, a, a gentleman named Al Seacat uh, uh, shot a 376, uh, but he has like 170 average. So wow. kudos to him. That's awesome. Uh, anytime you can throw 200 plus over your average, that's pretty, pretty good. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah those are the ones I, I heard. Uh, Dakota Heth was 420 and 418. And that was game 16 and game 20. Oh, sorry. I thought it was 415 and 418. So 420 and 418. That's crazy. Yeah. Awesome. Super cool. I thought there was one in uh, in Ontario too, Tim. You got tagged in one today from John Greenlee. Oh, yeah. It was from uh, Prequel Lanes. One of the guys was hugely over average, like 220 over his average. Uh, insanely awesome. He actually broke the... the the center's highest POA ever over one game. Yeah, okay, so here we go. Uh, congratulations to Jerry Terry <laughs> on a 346 mm. plus 211. Oh, wow. That's huge. Oh, 35 that is... average? Yeah. She was a 346. <laughs> that is amazing. Congrats. That's pretty awesome, actually. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I have a topic i didn't i didn't get a chance to look at all the open scoring so gary baird must have come from nowhere to finish third in central i would think because when i looked he was way down after the first day uh no he was, he was sitting on men's team after the first oh, day. was he Oh, maybe I was looking like after eight games or something because he was quite a ways down there. I was going to say, if you're looking for my name, it wasn't on the sheet. It was, uh... <laughs> it was above Jamin. Yeah, Jamin. <laughs> in game In game three, me and Jamin were tied for last. <laughs> hey, Jamin got his shout on Sunday, so... <laughs> and... Uh, and... What were the entries like? I I apologize, but it's uh, a was a little busy. Central was pretty good. It was uh, sixteen guys and thirteen women. So um, okay. one of their better showings for the last few years. That's for sure. That's good. That's good. And Edmonton was how many? Uh, Forty-six. Forty-six. Yeah, thirty and sixteen. Okay. I think Calgary I was Cal pretty decent, too. Yeah, I thought Calgary was pretty good, too. Calgary was A lot of the ladies, again, didn't play, obviously. But, and Christine was hurt, yeah. of course. Um, but there's there was a lot of ladies that didn't play. I don't know. I, I'm not really sure why that is, but it's unfortunate. Yeah, there was 32 guys and 15 ladies. Yeah, I went and watched a little bit of it. It was pretty good. The scores were pretty, actually pretty high for for Calgary. Chinook was played insane. Yeah, the scores were really high at Chinook, and and uh, the, what I saw, I, I was only I wasn't down there a long time, but what I saw it was it was a very good bowling. So it's good to see. Well, the the next set of Masters for Alberta will be interesting. Now with that that change from Mountain View into Chinook. Absolutely. Uh, that, that, that's going to open up a lot of possibilities, especially after watching scores from last weekend. So it's it's Chinook and Paradise, I yeah, believe so. Yeah, Paradise and then Chinook, absolutely. Yeah. So I think I think that will I mean that'll change things a lot as far as uh, opportunities. You're right because I think uh, Chinook is obviously a little bit higher scoring than it has been the past few years. So uh, you know when. Some guys that need to make up some ground, maybe they do still have a little bit more opportunity there than as opposed to some of the tougher houses. Which is already kind of crazy, especially on the men's side where you've got five over 8,800 through four events. Like, scoring's already ridiculous. So this I've is going to make it bigger. I've never seen anything like it. Never. In all the years I've bowled, I've never seen scores like that. Used I mean, to be used to be back in the day, Harvey, when we shot eighty eight hundred for four, you just didn't show up for the last two you were good. Exactly. Uh eighty six hundred. Eighty six hundred, you were safe easily. Back when pins were wood. Back when pins were wood and and bases were never mind. 
<laughs> I, uh, I didn't say that. <laughs> Pinfall has definitely, definitely improved. But uh, I really, I don't know, I've had this conversation with a few people over the last couple of days, and I, I really feel like, you know, the people are getting better. And I, I just think it's out of pure necessity to... Um, it, it just seems like the highest level of it just seems to continue to get better. And I, I don't think we have an option. You either get better or you get left behind. So I, I feel like it's definitely a combination between like pinfall, definitely getting better. But I, I think we're all forced to get better right now too. We're all pushing each other, which is, you know, what, really Dex, awesome. I, I, I pinfall aside, I, I forget about, the pinfall, the quality of bowlers is better. There's no question. And and maybe I'll get beat up by my some of my fellow elderly bowlers that have been around for a long time. But I re- personally, I feel the bowlers are better. In a the high end is better. Let's put it that way. And you're absolutely right that if you do not match or start or if you don't keep up with the Joneses you are going to get left behind because I think the quality is better and I also think the uh, the mental game is better there's when I in my quote unquote prime in when I was your guys's age we had a few players that were extremely strong mentally extremely strong heads heads above the others and i won't mention names but it seems like there's a lot more now that are very strong mentally and that's why you see you see a lot of different winners back in the back in the day you know when you know 20 say 20 25 years ago in saskatoon in the autumn open you look how many repeat winners there were all the time. And there's repeat winners here a lot now too, but there's a lot of different players that they've always been good, but they do break through eventually because they're stronger mentally. They, 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 they are, they learn, they learn how to become good mental players too. Yeah, actually, I think that's, that's a really good topic too. I mean, last week um, I, I believe it was, I don't know if it actually made the podcast, but we talked about people that dark horses are people that we anticipated might make the open team or people we expected, you know, would be making a push for it over time. And the the one that uh, Tim brought forward and the one that um, I, I totally agreed with was Curtis Dunis. Um, he's, you know, consistently progressed over the last you know, I'm going to say three, four, five years um, to the point where he made the tour finals last year. And the guy just doesn't seem to get rattled at all. He's just super consistent and solid, and he's just getting better and better and better. And uh, you know what? He shot 350 his last game to jump people and make himself onto the men's team. And that's a that's a pressure-packed situation. Um, and to be able to come out and shoot 350 to do it, kudos to him. Um, but just a, just another example of how the the mental game of him has really improved, and here he is, uh, yeah. awesome, super cool, yeah. good for it, him. Yeah, it, it was kind of funny. He I talked to him a little bit at uh, Saturday during the Open about his WCBT uh, experience on, on on TV, and he's like, "Man, I was totally out of my element. Like it was it was kind of wild a little bit, right?" Uh, <laughs> but he said, "Honestly, I probably watched that video a million times." And I learned from that video a million times about what I what I had to do differently, what I did, and I worked over my game over the summer and I changed some things. I was like, "There's no way I'm going to win something being the way I was there." So he said, "I might as well do this and change something up." So obviously it worked, and obviously he wants to play well. So yeah, good, for, good him. for him. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, experience me. You know, when you when you get opportunities and you go through them. You learn every time you get an opportunity, yeah. whether it's a, whether it's a good experience or a bad experience. You're going to learn from every one of them, and and obviously he took that to heart. So good for him. So uh, 
How many years did it take for you to retire from bowling? I've been trying a while, Harv. <laughs> well, you know, to be honest, Adam, <laughs> I've been retired for four or five years. I just keep, can't give it up. That's the problem. <laughs> Too stubborn. You know, you know no, but honest, honestly, the more... The, <laughs> did you hear my wife in the background? Oh, yeah. I just heard something about retire. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't get away from the, from the people. That's a problem, right? Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not the, uh, the boy. I'm not having a hard time getting away with, getting away from. It's the people. I think that's what, that's the, that's the issue. I like to see, I like to see everybody. I like to see looks on faces when people win, uh, or not even, not even just win, but succeed. When they do, when they do well, and I, I know you know how it feels, how good it feels when things go good. So when you see other people kind of reveling in their successes, it makes you feel good, even though bowlers are very, and you have to be self-centered to a certain degree, right? You have to be selfish because you won't be any good if you're not. But I miss seeing. I miss seeing Dexter bowl like shit the first day and bowl like God the next day. I like I love to see that kind of stuff because you like to see you like to think, especially as a coach, you like to think you have an impact on that, so it makes you feel good, right? And you guys will know that if you ever coach adults. I mean, you can coach kids, but they don't really understand the the magnitude, I guess, of what they're doing. Adults do. And they're 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 like this and they're like this. So for somebody like, and I'm saying that about Dexter because it, it happened that one year. Like to go to be that strong mentally to change it from one day to the next, knowing and having the confidence you can do something like that makes to me that's an athlete. Somebody mentally that's an athlete that can do that because not a lot of people can do that. When you talked about, um, like, just everybody clicking and, like, just the, the teamwork, um, that's one of my absolute favorite teams for that. Because, I mean, how often have you seen um, a team being dead last after... Halfway uh, through. Yeah, we were, we were 12 games through. And yeah. then uh, if we hadn't lost that one game against Quebec, Quebec going yeah. through, we would have won gold. That yeah. bronze medal was amazing because we came out of nowhere and we just lit it up coming down the stretch to yeah. put ourselves into there. It's the only time I've ever considered that bronze medal the same as a gold. Oh, absolutely. we worked our asses yeah. off for it. Yep. Yep. And and it can go both ways, right? I mean, that, to, that was extremely prideful because, because of what you guys did same by the same token it can be it can also work the other way and be devastating right you can you can be in you can be rolling for the first 12 or 14 games and then bed right or or even be like we were and in, in uh tied for first with two games to go or whatever and not even medal you know that's that's like finishing last yeah it, it's just the way it is there's there's highs and lows, and that's why it's so good to play sports. Absolutely, it, you can't, you can't appreciate the uh, the wins if you don't have the hard losses too. Oh no, you got to have the failures. Yeah, you see that all the time in sports. You got to learn how to you got to lose before you learn how to win. But yeah. there's there's a lot of truth to it. When you went lights out, Dex, did you switch to star lines? <laughs> no. I actually switched to Harvey's. I mean, sorry, the uh, the really old brown house balls. <laughs> like literally, that's my only move. Just go to Starlines. Uh, or, or... No, Starlines would have been a bad choice. I, I don't think yeah. they oiled that month there, honestly. Oh boy. And but, like, I was throwing. Um, it, it didn't matter what ball I was throwing. It was it was throwing like or moving twenty boards. It was stupid. So I was throwing the old school house balls, because um, they were filled with oil and much straighter um so that was about the only thing that i could i could really do yeah it must have been a different like release point or something too like just, just men mentally there there has to be some other difference than just a ball has to be um 
Yeah, he pulled his head out of his ass. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, still believed. Yeah, but, <laughs> but you know, yeah. but you know, you you change your mindset. It can it can change a lot. What the way that you throw the ball too. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not always about you think you're throwing the same shot all the time because if you change and you know if you're throwing confident with confidence that you think you're throwing the same shot but you're not. Yeah, that was a. It, it, it was a, it was a fun experience. It was fun. Um, my favorite memory I think of that weekend was facing Michael West there, uh, when we had no idea. I mean, we we, we were doing the sc- the manual scoring, but he wasn't even. They weren't even keeping up with the adding. And like here we are at the end of it, like trying to figure it out. And it was like three fifty to three sixty, and like needed to throw the strike at the end. That was, that was a fun match. That was a yeah. Really fun match. Yeah. And then he threw a piece of cheese at you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what he's he's been so afraid ever since <laughs> he's just such an absolute gem he's, absolute one, of, gem. he's one of the oh. nicest kids for sure for sure <laughs> that was so fun one of the funniest <laughs> stories from from his uh his podcast experience yeah that was fun yeah that was that was a oh. great year it was a blast yeah Okay, boys, I'm going to sign off because I'm old. See you later, Grandpa. No worries. No, no, no. You got to let Carrie sign off, though. Yeah. Okay. Right? Hang on. Before you you do that, I want to wish you guys good luck in in Regina, and congrats to you three. Sorry, Carrie, but congrats to you three. Thanks, man. Always appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, and we just like thank you, Harvey, for coming on and giving us all your wisdom, your uh, your close to sixty wisdom, um, <laughs> and uh, just sign off from Five Pin Universe. Thanks, guys, for coming out. Thank you. Always a pleasure, boys. <laughs>